It's good to have you. Come on in, grab a seat. It's time for church. Kids are, kids are with us for worship. Then we'll dismiss them for kids' church after worship. Uh, by the way, it is youth hangout night tonight. So as soon as worship is over, Josh, where's Josh? They'll be following Josh around a little bit. Uh, down, going downstairs, right, Josh? So they'll meet up with Josh for youth hangout tonight. So we got kids' church and youth hangout right when worship is over. But it's good to have you. I'm going to say this. Just uh, Al was talking to me. There was a tornado warning. It is past. But if, if in the future or, or whatever something happens, you're in the perfect place. Yeah. A brick building with a basement. You can't beat that, right? So if that was ever the case, we would just very orderly just file downstairs and hang out downstairs, cook something in the kitchen, eat some food. I don't know what we'd do. But anyways, uh, that would be the order of that. Uh, just so you know. Um, a couple quick announcements. Don't forget, we have Vacation Bible School coming up at the end of this month, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, 26th, 27th, and 28th. And we need volunteers. I know some of you started to sign up, but we have uh, the need for volunteers to help with, with the snacks that night, the, the outdoor game, uh, the lesson part, the craft part. All It's, it's just good time. So if you're interested in helping, uh, please sign up at the back as we start to get our volunteers together and uh, have a, a talk about that pretty soon, what's going on with that. But other than that, um, we have a little bit something different tonight. I decided to give our worship team a little breather because they come in, they work hard, they're always here early, they're practicing. So I asked Ashley, who's the worship leader over at the Botkins campus, come and, and Samara and Ashley to do worship for us tonight. It's a little special. And also, um, everybody look back there, see the girl with the camera? That's my assistant, Alexis. So you can pray for her because she needs it. Um, Amen. I'm not sure what's worse, her, me for her or her for me. But anyways, uh, she's my assistant. She came over tonight actually with Ashley, but we also just needed some, some fresh stuff for social media advertising. She's just snapping some pictures and whatever, so that's what she's doing. But if you don't want to be in one, just tell me and we'll, we'll Photoshop you out. Anyways, other than that, uh, uh, we're just here to worship Jesus tonight. And we got a little bit of a word tonight. So how about we stand up on our feet, say hi to a couple people around you, and we'll get into worship in just a second. Well, I'm so happy to be here tonight. And I think the last time I was here, Pastor Kyle told an embarrassing story of me. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. I will not tell you any embarrassing stories of him or any secrets like when he was a youth pastor and uh, hurt me many times. Many times, like lots of bruises and lots of hurt, you know. Today would be child abuse, but, you know, I won't tell you any of those stories at all, at all, because we love Pastor Kylan. No, I'm kidding with y'all, but tonight, you know, as I was praying on the way over here and I've been praying about today, I want to encourage you tonight to find your moment tonight. 
Find your moment in worship. And I say this so many times and I say it so often uh, when I lead worship, but I do it personally. Even though I lead worship, every single time I'm in the presence of the Lord, I want a moment where he changes me. I want a moment where he takes some stuff off of me and makes me look like him and makes me talk like him and makes me see like he sees. And that's so important because sometimes something happens in the presence of God that doesn't happen anywhere else. When you're submerged in his presence, that's when change happens. So I encourage you tonight, find your moment. Find your moment amongst this worship time. I've been praying for you. I've been believing God that tonight things are gonna change and be different. And the presence of God is already here. It's already here with us. Where two or three are gathered, he's there in our midst. Amen? Amen. So let's worship tonight. Wandering into the night. Wanting a place to hide this weary soul. This bag of bones. I've tried with all my mind. But I just can't win the fight. I'm slowly drifting. A vagabond. And just when I ran out of the road, I met a man I didn't know. And he told me. Hell lost another 
I thank the Savior because you've healed my heart. You changed my name forever free. I'm not the same. I thank the Master. I thank the Savior because you picked me up. You turned me around. You placed my feet on solid ground. I thank the Master. I thank the Savior because you healed my heart. You changed my name forever free. I'm not the same. I thank the Master. I thank the same. I thank the Master. I thank the Master. I thank the Savior. I thank the Master. I thank the Savior. I thank the Master. I thank the Savior. I thank God, oh yes, I thank God, oh I thank you Jesus, I thank you Lord, oh you saved me.
this place let's lift our hands up tonight let's just worship him tonight with our words sometimes you don't need a song to say the words that you need to say from your heart sometimes we just need to worship him and extol him and give him the glory that's due to him and the honor that's due to him if you don't know what else to say just say I love you Lord I love you I'm here to worship you I'm here to magnify you tonight you're holy, you're worthy, you're highly exalted in this house. We give you all the praise that's due to you. Father, we say tonight, Lord, show us your glory. Show us your glory tonight, God.
Oh 
small town show us your glory show us your glory let every burning heart be holy come on can we sing that tonight show us your glory show us your glory show us your glory in wonder and surrender we fall down show us your glory show us your glory let every burning heart be holy to see you, Lord. Just want to see your face, oh Lord. I'm just, I'm being reminded of what it means to come with faith. And the Bible story of when there was no more room where Jesus was speaking and they took the roof off and lowered someone to him because they knew there was not, they knew that he would be healed. And I just, I feel the Lord saying, it's okay to come with a sense that I will. It's okay to come with faith that I will. And I just, I want to sing that bridge one more time. And I just want you guys to believe that when you pray for something, Come with an expectancy that he is going to answer you because he will. So many times he says, your faith has made you whole. And so as we sing that, just believe that your chains can fall, that your fear can bow, that he can indeed, he can change Amen. everything. Amen. Amen. Let's sing chains fall, chains fall, fear now here and now jesus you change everything lives heal oh is found right here right now jesus you change everything chains fall fear hip right here right now jesus you change everything life's healed home is found right here right now jesus you change everything jesus you change everything jesus you change everything Jesus, you change everything. Jesus, you change Search for yours. 
take my life and lead me on. Lord, you have my heart, and I will search for yours. Let me be to you a sacrifice. Let's sing, Lord, you have. Lord, you have my heart, and I will search for yours. Jesus, take my life and lead me on. Oh, Lord, you have my heart. Lord, you have my heart, and I will search for yours. Let me be to sing of love come down I will sing love come down oh as you show your face and as you show your face we'll see your glory chains fall right here right now cause Jesus you change everything lives healed and whole is found right here right now cause Jesus you change come on by faith tonight sing that chains fall fear it bounds 
right here, right now. Jesus, you change everything. Life's healed, hope is found. Right here, right now. Jesus, you change everything. 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 Only you, Jesus. No one can change it all like you. Let us be molded by you, Lord. Father, we love you. There's no one like you. There's no one like you. And Lord, our goal and what we strive for as Christians, Father, is not 
what we receive, what we gain in this life, Lord. But our goal is to see your face. Lord, we want to see you. We want to be marked by you. Father, I thank you for tonight, Lord. I thank you for your sweet, sweet presence. I thank you, Lord, that we get to abide with you tonight. I thank you for the word coming forth tonight, Lord. That it deeply roots in our heart. In Jesus' mighty name. Everyone said, Amen. Oh, go ahead and greet some of your family of faith this evening, kids and youth. Meet your teachers by the door, and you guys can go ahead and go on down. Good, good to see you. Thank you, Ashley. I appreciate you coming. And uh, if, if, you, if you didn't know, the, at the very end, the song she sang, you might not have heard that one before. That, she snuck that in there. That's like one of my all-time favorites from like two decades ago. So she snuck it in there. But I literally just, within the last month, asked Chamberlain to learn that song so we could start doing it here. And then, so that was cool. So. That'll be on the schedule a little more in the future. <laughs> but anyways, uh, I, I will tell you one thing about Ashley is, so I know because I have the mic now, so I'm allowed. So um, when I first came to the church over there to be the youth pastor, I didn't know the kids at all. 
And it, at that time, the youth was 7th to 12th grade, and you had to be 12 years old to be in the youth ministry, right? So I'm getting to know the kids, and they have to fill out forms and all this different kind of stuff. And I remember asking, actually, how old are you? She said, I'm, I'm 12. So she was in the youth for about two months until I realized she lied to me. She was 11, and she lied in order to come into the youth. And I thought, well, I'm going to have to start dealing with this one. And I've been dealing with her ever since. So it has not stopped. And I, th I don't know if I told you before, she, she was my worship leader at her age 15 and uh, did a phenomenal job. And what, what I love is Samara does a phenomenal job here, too. And I love bringing them together at times and uh, uh, kind of cross-pollinating a little bit. So anyways. And Alexis, by the way, my assistant, she also can lead worship, though she doesn't do it. And maybe someday we'll, we'll drag her up here and have her do some stuff. Anyways. Acts chapter 2, if you've got your Bibles, go ahead and get that out. What I was going to talk about last week, we never got to it. Uh, Sunday was Pentecost Sunday on the church calendar. Oh, tithe and offering. Thank you, Mike. I better do that before I start in the Word. Thank you, Mike. All right, let's, uh, let me pray over tithe and offering. So if you have something to give, you can bring it down. Lord, we thank you for the opportunity to be here tonight, to be in worship and continue in our worship and our giving, Lord, as, as we are in these times, in these seasons, and what is going on economically all around the world, Lord, that doesn't change that you're our provider. And we stand in your provision each and every day that you will consistently make a way for us. And we thank you for that. That we will not fear, we will not be overcome by worry, anxiety, but we will stand in the assurance that you are the good God and our provider. And we live in faith, even in our giving in these times, because of who you are. And we thank you for that. In Jesus' name, everybody says, amen. amen. Bring it on down. Um, it, by the way, uh, if you're interested in, in your young person going to youth camp this summer, that's fifth to twelfth grade, please see me or the, there's a back a uh, piece of paper on the back wall back there that you can sh uh, scan the QR code in your phone and it takes you to the website about it. Uh, the youth camp is all the campuses of Only Believe. Youth get together for a summer youth camp. And by the way, uh, I'm one of the speakers at it, so I'll be there for, for one of the days and, and all that stuff. So I encourage you, uh, if you have a, a young person and they're interested, it's going to be a good time. And, and don't let the cost uh, scare you off. If the cost is an issue, let me know, and we will figure it out, okay? All right, Acts chapter 2. Sunday was Pentecost Sunday on the calendar, 50 days after Easter, um, and the church calendar exists to consistently put before us the reminders, the foundations of our faith. Every year, Christmas. Every year, Easter. Every year, Ascension Day. Every year, Pentecost, and, and there, there's more than that. But we must never stray far from the foundations of what we believe. Every year at Christmas, you know what we're going to talk about? The birth of Jesus. It's essential that God, we believe that God came in flesh, and we never move off that belief, right? When we, when we get towards Good Friday, Easter, we slow down and commemorate it and think about it. We teach about it. Why? Because Good Friday and Resurrection Sunday is the linchpin of our faith, we believe. 
Pentecost is another one that we believe in the activity and the working of the Holy Spirit. Now, by the way, let me just say this. Um, you cannot be a Christian in the very true sense of the word and not believe in the miraculous. It is not possible. God born in flesh is the miracle of all miracles. Born of Virgin Mary, miracle of all miracles. That he was crucified, that wasn't a miracle, but he rose from the dead, and that is a miracle. You cannot believe in the Christian faith without believing in the miraculous. So don't ever limit who God is. Because his activity in this world and in your life is all through the miraculous. Just by the fact that we're here is the miraculous. Because God spoke something into existence that still exists. Miraculous. So we live in the miraculous. So when, when especially as, as Pentecostals, um, and, and I'm Pentecostal. I don't know about you, okay? Um, that, that's kind of what I grab onto. That, that's what I grew up in. Um, charismatic, whatever, whatever you want to grab hold of. The point being, I am not deterred by the miraculous. It doesn't weird me out. Because Christianity is the miraculous. The fact that I believe that God will save me and make me a new creation in here is the miraculous. Right? The fact that then I can live free from sin can only be done with the help of the Holy Spirit. And that is the working of a spirit of God that you cannot see that resides in me and helps me live this life. That's the miraculous. I mean, it's all interwoven through what we believe. If we believe that Jesus is coming again, that's the miraculous. If we believe he's going to raise all of our bodies and resurrected bodies, that's the miraculous. If we believe that there's a new heaven and new earth, he's going to remake all things, that's the miraculous. I mean, you can't get away from it. So I believe. So Acts chapter 2, we find people waiting simply because Jesus told them to wait. It's good to be obedient. And Jesus told them to wait because he had a plan for them that was the continual working of the kingdom in their life because they had been called to be on mission. Amen. Go, go into all the world and preach the gospel to who? Every creature. That's everybody. And, and what parts of the world? The whole thing. If there, if there is a place where a person resides that's breathing and alive, the gospel has been called to go forth to them. And Jesus said to teach them to obey all that he commanded, then end up baptizing them in the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. He later says in a different time before his ascension that, that we are to be the witnesses in Judea, locally Samaria, a little further, and then to the ends of the earth. In other words, there is no part of the world that is not supposed to be evangelized with the gospel and the testimony of Jesus. Your neighbor, your neighborhood, your city, your region, your nation, then other nations. The entire world has been called to be evangelized by those whom he has sent 
part of the calling of a disciple of Jesus is to be sent. But here's the thing about God that he always does, and that's what Pentecost is about, is that he never asks you to do something that he doesn't do with you, as a matter of fact, that he empowers you to do. He never leaves you alone. So, so when he calls you to salvation, do you save yourself? No, he saves you. It's his work. When, when he calls you to live a life in fruit and bearing that you're of him, does he leave you to do that on your own? Nope. The activity of the Holy Spirit, we bear the fruit of the Spirit. Right? And even when we're called to go and be a witness in whatever we have an opportunity to be a witness in, he just doesn't say, okay, go, good luck, have a good time. Uh, when you come back, we'll see how you did. I'm thankful he doesn't do that to me. But he goes with me as he's in me to empower me to do so. He never leaves me alone. That's what Pentecost is about. So Acts chapter 2, and verse number 1, when the day of Pentecost day came, it arrived. So they're celebrating Pentecost. It was a Jewish uh, festival, holiday. They were all together in one place. Why? Because Jesus told them to wait. And suddenly, there came from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind. And it filled the entire house where they were sitting. Now, let me ask you a question. Do you believe that actually happened? Do you believe they were actually in a room like this? And it seemed like a mighty rushing wind came into the place. How many believe that actually happened? Now, let, let me ask you a question. If somebody said to you, you know what, we were praying the other day, the wildest thing. It seemed like a wind came in and shook the room. And Would you believe them? Or would you go, hey, I'm, I'm happy for you. That's cool. And you're like, I don't know about that. You see, you see what I mean? Don't limit what God, Has God stopped doing things that boggle your mind? Don't limit God. Okay? Don't, don't limit the fact that he can show up how he chooses to show up, when he shows up, in the manner in which he shows up. Now, I'm not saying that we have to look for this and that, that's something that if it didn't happen, then God didn't come. He can do what he wants. That may be a one-off or maybe not. We don't know. But it did happen because God moves in ways at times that captures our senses. Amen. But not only that, watch this. In divided tongues as of fire appeared on them. Now, I don't know. Maybe you'd have bought the wind story, but I don't know about this whole fire thing flickering above their head. I don't know about that. That's another step, right? I, I would pray that the fire of the Holy Spirit would burn within each one of us. Pentecost is another way of saying that the burning fire of the Holy Spirit would reside within us an unquenchable fire. I like fires. 
How, how many of y'all like fires? I'm always looking for an excuse to start a fire. I'll be honest with you. I got a fireplace in my house, a wood-burning fireplace. I actually have a little fire pit on my back porch. I have a fire pit down in my yard. I got fireplaces. I can do fire all sorts of places. I love to start fires. I don't know. In a good way. But anyways. <laughs> but I wish and I pray that not only myself personally, but as a church, that the fire of the Holy Spirit in a Pentecostal way would burn within us. And I believe that this was not a one-off event in the history of the church. And I'm not saying we got to look for as tongues of fire burn, but I'm just saying within us that the Holy Spirit would move in us in the freedom of this manner. Amen. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as Spirit gave them others. Now let me say something about speaking in tongues real quick. This is not a weird event. This is in the wisdom and the knowledge and the power of God. Was this a work of God? Is it weird then? No. Again, we, we see things attached to Pentecost and, and the things that we talk about that are enabled with the infilling of the Holy Spirit. Sometimes we get, ah, oh, I don't know, this is kind of weirdo. It's not weird because it's of God. You see that? Again, we have, to, we have to allow God to be God and do as he wills. And if this is of the wisdom of God, then this is what God willed. And they spoke in tongues. Now, in this instance, let's just keep reading here. And, and I'm not going to get into tongues, but there's several different ways that tongues work that, as we see in the scriptures. Verse 5, now there were dwelling in Jerusalem Jews, devout men from every nation under heaven. So in other words, there was a gathering there because of the feasts. And at this sound, the multitude came together. So, they, so it, it, wasn't, it wasn't as if they were speaking in tongues and it was quiet like this. They weren't loud enough they attracted a crowd. They, what the Holy Spirit did in them started coming out of them. And it wasn't quiet. Which is another reason why I say church shouldn't be quiet all the time. Okay, that's another story. And the multitude came together, and they were bewildered. Watch this, because each one was hearing them speak in his own language. So these tongues in this instance, they were tongues that were being recognized from people from different nations. They were intelligible languages. And they were amazed and started saying, oh, not all these people who are speaking Galileans, and they knew they were Galileans, but how is it that we hear each one of us in his own native language? In other words, these Galileans most likely were not trilingual. I mean, they, they probably maybe knew some Greek, maybe knew some Aramaic, so they were probably more language uh, uh, inclusive than, than we are as most. I, I took language, so I had, in high school, I took Latin for two years, 
I don't know why I did that, it was a dead language, but it's the foundation. And I took Spanish for a couple years and I had uh, a few years of Greek in, in, in college, okay? So um, they weren't trained like that. They didn't have schooling. They were speaking in tongues because of the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. And they were literally speaking languages that were of the people there and the people understood them. That is a miracle. Is it not? Absolutely. And, and, and how is it that, that we hear each one of us in his own native language, verse 9, Parthians and, and Medes and uh, Elamites and the residents of Mesopotamia, uh, Judea and Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phrygia, uh, Pamphylia, Egypt, and parts of Libya belonging to Cyrene, and visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytes, Cretans and Arabians, we hear them telling in our own tongues the mighty works of God. That is the purpose of the infilling of the Holy Spirit, so it is a witness to the mighty works of God. Amen. And they were all amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, what does this mean? But others mocking said, they are filled with new wine. And Peter, standing with the eleven, lifted up his voice and addressed them, uh, men of Judea and all who dwell in Jerusalem, let this be known to you, give ear to my words, for these people are not drunk. They were acting in such a way that there's parts of the crowd that said, these guys are drunk. You think about that. I think, I think, and, and again, in a certain understanding, what I'm saying is I, we have to be able to get out of our comfort zone if the Holy Spirit takes us there for the witness of who he is. It's not that we go around and act like we're drunk, but there is a certain way that God can move in us that I'm free to let him do as he will. That's Pentecost. So we have been filled. If you haven't, we can pray. The Holy Spirit sent to fill us for witness and for the demonstration of the power of God and the working of God to work through us for witness to Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth, because this is the desire of Jesus, because he said, wait for it. He said, wait for it. See, with the infilling, so we've been filled, but with the infilling, we've been empowered. The Holy Spirit is in you, and he is then able to work through you. And by the power of the Spirit, we, we announce Jesus in word and in deed in a way that culture hears and understands. Because they heard and understood in their particular culture the word of God to them by the witness of those that were filled with the Holy Spirit. Listen, God is not ever at a place where he's not culturally relevant. He supersedes the whole thing. 
Don't think, listen, don't think that the, the, the infilling of the Holy Spirit and the works of it is not relevant to our current culture. False. Right. It is relevant to all cultures of all time because that is the work of God. Amen. Amen. So, filled, empowered, that means then we're sent. And that mission never Changes. So the, the tongues of Pentecost, because they came out and they, they spoke in tongues that were understood, that was symbolic of the fact that now this message of Jesus that first went to the Jews, right, is now to be proclaimed in all the world because now the tongues are being spoke that different nations understood the message of God. It's very symbolic right there. That it was no longer a localized working of God, but it's meant to go to in the entire world. And it started right there. Because people from every nation were hearing the message of God proclaimed in their particular tongue. Remember the Tower of Babel? These guys got kind of prideful. We're going we're gonna to build a building up, up to the heavens. And they actually started. And God was like, wow, okay, I'm going to not let this happen. And what, what did he do? At that time, they all spoke in one language, right? At the Tower of Babel, what did he do? He scattered the languages, right? The infilling of the Holy Spirit with the speaking in tongues is the reversal of the Tower of Babel. Now God unites us back together in his language. You see? Because the message of the gospel is to be taken all over the world now, to every nation, every tribe, every creature. That is, that is to say, now the people of God are not just the, the ethnic Jews that were called the people of God, but now this message goes to everybody. And we are being united together worldwide in those who believe in the body of Christ, but then evidenced in that, in an infilling of a spirit that brings the language of the heavenlies, it brings us together. You see that? It reverses the, the Tower of Babel that we see in the Old Testament. So instead of a, a strict and narrow ethnicity of the Jews, it's the broad ethnicity and the gospel working around the world. So the infinite of the Holy Spirit and the work of the Holy Spirit is not simply about a private spiritual experience. Yes, it's personal. But it is for the outworking of a social touch with the gospel of Jesus that is meant to go global. So we have been filled. We have been empowered. Amen. And because of that, we've been sent. And we are still in that age. The age of the church. Okay? There are those that believe that these kind of things stop once the church was established and, and the scriptures were completed, uh, that these things no longer are needed. They're called sessionists. I do not believe that. I do not believe that what we see in the book of Acts is done and over. We live in it today. And it's part of the ongoing witness of the work of God in this world until he comes again. So until Jesus returns, the church should seek to be filled. 
And then in that, to know that we're empowered for the mission that we've been sent on. So Pentecost in our understanding, our belief is vitally important. And, and we don't, again, we don't back away from some of these things that we see because that seems a little, you know, out there, spiritual kind of, you know, Holy Ghost, you hear that terminology. No, 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 no. It's the work of God. It's personal in you. And there, there's reasons for it. So I believe in the miraculous. And I believe that the Holy Spirit has filled me. Amen. And I believe as he chooses that he will work through me in things like the gifts of the Spirit and so forth, as he chooses, as I'm obedient to do what he asked me to do. Amen. And I, and I believe that's up to him. But I will not put a cap on the possibilities of God because me personally, I'm a little introverted and a little more laid back, you know? And I'm not the out there, loud, talk to anybody on the street kind of guy. I'm not like that. But I believe I've been sent on mission. And I'm not going to deny the mission I've been sent on. And I, I, will, I will look for any help I can get to do what he asked me to do, and he's given it to me. Why would I say, I don't know about that? Make it hard. No, no, no. Holy Spirit, fill me. And, and by the way, uh, as scripture evidence, we won't get into it, there, there, there are ongoing fillings of the Spirit. I'm always asking, Holy Spirit, fill me. I need refreshed. Come on, let, you know, and have a, have a moment with me. I do it personally. I do it in worship. I, 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 pray, I pray God, and when we gather together, the church is constantly filling us, constantly. There will be overflow of the Spirit in this place. I believe that. I pray things like, I pray things like God, in, in our worship, I pray there's almost like an open heaven here, and your spirit is moving and free in this place. Amen. I believe that you touch us in a, in a real and personal way, at, at times a tangible way. You know, an assurance. And I pray that every time we leave this place, that it's like we're being sent into the world with the mission of, of the witness to the world. You say, are you kidding me? You don't understand how messed up I am. How can I go on mission? It's okay. It's, it's all right. That's the reason Holy Spirit's with you. That's the reason he's going to do the work. That's the reason why you just be a vessel. It's not about how perfect you are. It's about your willingness to be used by him. You see that? That when we leave this place, we're here to be equipped. Why are we here to be equipped? To live this long-term discipleship. We're also here to be equipped to take this gospel to this world. Yep. Out here. What we see around here. Because the message has to go. It has to. If, if, if we don't do it, who's going to? 
I've learned a long time ago not to depend on somebody else to do what I should be doing. That doesn't get me anywhere. How many know what I'm talking about? Oh, I just assume somebody else will do it. I don't know about that. I, I just, just assume responsibility. That in the moments I'm led, in the moments that are there, the people I come across, just, just to be a witness in word, in deed, in prayer, whatever the situation is. Where people sent, we're, we're on mission. We're on mission. But we're infilled to go do it. You would be amazed. We, we think sometimes that, that the way the Holy Spirit works is only for the people that do the stage, stage stuff. False. Actually, the gifts to the Spirit are meant more for the working in the world than they are for a church service. You know that? But we get it backwards. We, we wait for some sort of person to come here that moves into gifts and, and prays for And that's all fine and dandy. I don't mind that. But if we think that's what it's for, we missed it. It is for the witness of Jesus to Judea, Judea Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. It's out there. That's what it's for. Amen? And that's where you are. So let's believe that God can do anything if we're just obedient. And let's just see what he will do. He will surprise you. He will surprise you if you allow him to do what he wants. He will surprise you. And you'll go, wow. First of all, you go, that wasn't hard. Why did I make this too hard? That wasn't hard. And I can do more of that. Matter of fact, that was so good. Wow, that was so good. Amen? Okay. Let's be people on mission. That's what Pentecost is about, mission. Amen? All right, a little challenge tonight. So uh, the last part of ways that keep us on the way, that'll be Sunday. We're going to finish that up. And then uh, next week, Wednesday night, we're going to start a bit of a chapter-by-chapter walkthrough of the book of Romans, a little more getting back to a little more academic walk. So that, that, that's something I was working on for about five hours today, so I'm looking forward to that. Um, that starts next week. But uh, in between now and Sunday, I would get into Acts 1 and 2 and read it. And st- start a little bit of a walk through the book of Acts and just see how the early church went about this newfound infilling and being sent on mission. And let it encourage you and inspire you. Okay? Amen? All right. Lord, Lord, we thank you that you are with us. You are sending us. We believe. And we believe your message is so important, we will not keep it to ourselves. We will take this gospel to the world by the empowerment of your spirit to be enabled by you to keep living this book of Acts in present day. Lord, there was no ending to that book. It keeps going. We're still in it. And I pray, I pray Lord, that each one of us, we're encouraged in a way that we believe we can be a witness, that the light that shines in our hearts is shining. And, and, Lord, that may bring 
an incredible response from somebody receiving the gospel. That may even bring persecution. But whatever the case is, Lord, that we live on mission in what you have called us to do in our everyday life. And, and we thank you to be in on what you are up to in saving and healing this world. In Jesus' name, for your glory, we all say, amen, amen. amen. Well, love on a couple people before you head out. We'll see you Sunday morning.